everybody. Welcome to the Hallmarkies podcast. And today we are back talking classic Hallmark Christmas movies. This is a lot of fun. This is our third episode that we have done of this kind of series where we're talking about three different classic uh, Christmas movies. And uh, it's it's always a, a really fun thing to do. I am film critic Rachel Wagner. Thaddeus is here. Hey, everybody. Glad to be back talking uh-huh. about Christmas movies. Christmas in the city this time. Yes. Last time we did whimsy. This time we're doing, yeah, Christmas in the city. And I always say that you, uh, you can't be a, a Hallmark heroine in the city unless you are a window designer or running a parade. And, and we have someone running a parade this time. So. Uh, yeah, I think we can add working at a department store. Okay, and of course, and if you're running a Christmas tree farm, obviously. <laughs> at the department store. <laughs> yes. Yeah, well, yeah, it is at the department <laughs> store. So. so we decided, because last time we talked about, okay, everything's going to be 2012 is going to be our cutoff is what's considered classic. I thought that, I was thinking that Fur Crazy was 2012, but it's actually 2013. And then I started looking at all of the films from 2013, and there really are a lot of classics uh, from that year so we decided to since it's our show we can do whatever we want we decided to change it to 2013 as our cutoff date yeah and it works because they all predate the um you know hallmark um actually called you know naming the countdown to christmas Mm -hmm. yeah i think it's fair and i think they're uh, different enough uh that there really is a dis- you know distinction. There's this like a silliness and a style uh, to those 2013 movies, things like very very merry mix up and for crazy and and yeah. things that you just didn't you just don't usually see now. Yeah, I agree. Mm-hmm. I agree. So Hope that's what we're going too. with. <laughs> <laughs> and so far, these classics episodes have been extremely popular. Uh, I think uh, I don't know if people people just enjoy talking about. Uh, Hallmark Christmas movies, the classics. Especially the uh, classics, yeah. Yeah, they've done very well. So today's going to be fun. We are talking about love at the Thanksgiving Day Parade, Fur Crazy, and Call Me Mrs. Miracle, because we talked about the first Mrs. Miracle in a previous episode, our first episode, and now we're talking about Call Me Mrs. Miracle, the sequel. Mm -hmm. So it's going to be fun. So I've heard that, you know, there may be some controversy because it's, you know, one of the movies is Love at Thanksgiving Day Parade, but the cover has him in a Santa suit. And of course, the end of the Christmas, I mean, the Thanksgiving Parade is Santa Claus. So, yes. So I was recently on the screen drafts, uh, Christmas in July episode that they did. And I had picked Love at Thanksgiving Day Parade as one of my favorite Hallmark movies and Hallmark Christmas movies, and there was all kinds of debate. I had no idea that it would inspire. Yeah. I mean, because to me, it's clearly a Christmas movie. I don't, I think that you can have Thanksgiving in the title and it still be a Christmas movie because Thanksgiving to me is part of the Christmas season. Yeah. Uh, Thanksgiving is part of the holiday season. So anything that happens on Thanksgiving can have it can be part of christmas in my opinion yeah. and we've had so many christmas movies that start at thanksgiving mm-hmm. so you know, i mean it's I kind th- of similar i would consider a new year's movie to also be a christmas movie 
You definitely definitely can. It's especially, and I mean, if we look at last week when we did um, Boyfriend for Christmas, it starts at Christmas, but it and it goes pretty much most of it is after Christmas, going towards New Year's. Yeah, so, yeah. You know, I think I think that again, we made it. We made a decision, and um, we think that it's right because, like I said, it you know the marketing for it and everything. I mean, and so much of it yeah. was more Christmassy than really Thanksgiving. So. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, America on 34th Street, that's a Christmas movie. Yeah. I mean, it's and- all about Santa. So it's a little bit of an easier sell, but the whole thing is set during Thanksgiving season. Yep. Yep. Uh, yep Cause they're planning for a Thanksgiving day parade as well. So, mm-hmm. <laughs> so <laughs> I'm glad I fought for that one. <laughs> yes. Yeah, I, I actually get, listened to that episode. I was going to say, did episode. you listen to it? Yes, and I and I heard about all the debate. I was like, oh my! <laughs> I didn't realize that it was that that it was such a bone of contention for people. But you know, yeah, and uh, and uh, what's her name's ponytail on the Christmas Joey King's ponytail? <laughs> I didn't know that that that, that was such a controversial topic because I do not like her ponytail in that movie. <laughs> It's too tight. It gives me a headache. But, oh, yes, yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. What do you think of our list? It's a pretty weird list, I felt like. I, I mean, it was kind of interesting and fun to be a part of. I enjoyed doing it. But yeah. the, the end list, I was just like, this is such a weird list. No other group would come up with the same list. <laughs> no, I don't think so. But, but it was fun. Uh, yeah, but... I mean, there were a couple of f- favorites. Uh, I'm I'm glad that Love at the Thanksgiving Day Parade was on that on mm-hmm. that list, and of course, um, Two Turtle Doves had to be on the list. Yeah, I mean, I would have called total shenanigans. Two Turtle <laughs> not yeah. on that list. And I thought that Turning Christmas was going to be uh was going to be vetoed because I didn't think that Dan or Alonzo liked it. So the fact that it made it through at number two, I was sh- I was very surprised. Well, so. I mean, it definitely is a favorite. And- yeah. It's yeah. a favorite of mine. Uh, but anyway, I'll put a link down if people want to check out that Screen Drafts episode. It was it was a lot of fun to be a part yeah. of. But love it, Thanksgiving. Love it, Thanksgiving to Parade ended up being number six on that draft. And uh, it's it is a classic directed by Ron Oliver, starring Autumn Reeser and Antonio Cupo. And it's an eager Thanksgiving Day parade coordinator is shocked when a wealthy consultant is hired to analyze its finances faced with teaching him that the parade means so much more to her than money she finds herself reluctantly falling for him (laughs) Uh, so yes so this is one of sort of a classic trope i talked about it on the screen draft show the classic trope of sort of the expert coming in to fix the small factory slash store slash you know whatever here's the the parade uh, I mean, it's it's it is interesting because it's not like the parade is a money making uh, enterprise, but evidently this is her her full time career is just planning planning this parade all year, and the whole year. She the whole that's year, all she does yeah, is plan the parade. Mm-hmm. And she's very nostalgic, uh, and uh, she wears uh, vintage clothing uh, to remind her of her mother. And uh, you've got Antonio Cupo coming in to to fix up the the parade. And uh, what do you think of this whole trope of the sort of the expert coming in? Um, 
it depends on the execution. Mm-hmm. Um, one, sometimes I get a little tired of it because it's just, you know, like, especially if a business is failing uh-huh. and, and losing a lot of money and the person comes in and, and, and of course, you know, the one that's running the running the business or whatever it is, it's like, I don't want to make any changes. Well, I guess yeah. you just want to, you just want your business to close then, I guess that's, you know, what you're saying. So, um, and, but in this one, you know, it didn't really bother me because actually I think that the parade was actually doing pretty well. So, you know, they just wanted to see if they could do better. And, mm-hmm. and so when he was, so when he's like, oh, I don't really want to make any changes, um, you know, it didn't really, that made more sense in this particular case. Yeah. When they're just unreasonable, it's frustrating. <laughs> I I just recorded not too long ago a, a on friendship episode with Elisa on mismatched, which is all about these w- wedding planners and her character oh, yes. is just unreasonable in this yeah. that like she ex- she expects everybody to have these these exorbitant weddings and never even ask like what their budget is or and in the whole idea of somebody like, that is budgeting is like an affront to her and she's so insulted by it. And, and she just made me crazy. Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. That I, I remember that movie and it was <laughs> like, I, you know, this whole, like the, a little being, being like so idealistic and impractical, mm-hmm. um, you know, practicality does have a place. Yeah. In a party or, <laughs> and somebody mentioning their budget is not an insult. And there's like a line between getting married, a uh, drive-through in Vegas, and and this these extravagant affairs that she wants to put on. And she acts like there's only one or the other. But uh, I still I don't hate that movie. We had a really fun discussion about it. Uh, but uh, but anyway, the that that kind of attitude when they act like they're being insulted by the slightest kind of critique. It's like, what do you think this is all for is frustrating. Also when the business is just kind of ridiculous, it's a little hard. Like the hat movie is my classic one of that. (laughs) Yes. Just has after Christmas. Come on. Now that'd be a good, that'd be a nice little pop up, but not a like year round. (laughs) Exactly, Business. or the wreaths that that one, the Kringle movie. The Kringle movie had two, but that was wreaths. Oh my gosh! Well, the Kringle—that is a real business, though. Yeah, uh, the Kringle was was good, but uh, yeah, her wreaths. Yeah, that's not for she's me. Gonna leave her job, and that's what she's gonna do full time. <laughs> you know, yeah, is make seasons different seasonal wreaths. <laughs> that's a nice little side hustle, right? But, Etsy but. store. Uh, if people want to buy your ugly Reese, go for it. <laughs> <laughs> but but anyway, it's an interesting trope. Uh, the, there's the Cookie Factory one with Joe Wagner. There's there's a bunch of them. But so for this one, she does struggle. You know, struggle with any changes to the parade. Yeah. Um, he, she, but she's trying to get him to feel the spirit of it, and he's just so practical. But they have, pre- I would say this does enemies to lovers pretty well. I agree. Um, I I mean, they had great chemistry. Um, mm-hmm. It's actually funny. I actually liked like the kind of directing style. Like they had that yeah. kind of like 1950s kind of screwball comedy mm-hmm. um, aesthetic to it. And her 50s attire kind of, 50s, 60s yeah. attire kind of 
um, went along with that. Um, and I actually liked that they actually gave a reason for that. And it was because yeah. her mother had died when she was a baby. And she thought that if she wore enough of these um, vintage clothes um, and she got them from secondhand stores, that maybe she might end up wearing some of her mother's clothes because her father, after her mother passed away, got rid of all of all of the mother's mm-hmm. clothes. So, yeah. you know, I like when they actually um, give a reason for people mm-hmm. doing something that's a little off center. Yeah, I liked that too. I mean, both, I think, Fur Crazy and Love of Thanksgiving Day Parade have, I think, very well well uh, written characters and mm-hmm. uh, with good solid character motivation for why they're doing what they're doing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I, I, I mean, I just adored um, Autumn Reeser's portrayal of her character in this mm-hmm. movie. I think she was funny. Um, yeah. Uh, you know, she was. She was quick with the um, quips and like the back and forth dialogue with Antonio Cupo. Mm-hmm. She had like the vulnerability, um, you know, like when she, you know when she um, accepts the proposal because um, because she thinks that it's, you know what, what happens later the, their misunderstanding. Mm-hmm. Um, I just um, thought that you know she just did such a such a great job with this character who was a little kind of over the top but she really kind of brought some realness to her as well. Mm-hmm. I also loved April Tellick as her friend at work and there are some really good lines there where uh, where she she says, you know, he's completely obnoxious and he says I was going to say he's totally hot. <laughs> okay. Oh yeah, that was um what was what's what was her what was her other her friends why is the name not coming to me? Her friend. Uh, oh, Allie Liebert. Allie Liebert, yes. Yeah, her friend. Yeah, she was great too. Yeah, uh, the, yeah it's a nice supporting cast in this. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. I love Allie Liebert. Is, they have really good chemistry, her and yeah. Autumn Reeser as yes. friends. And what do you think of the marine biologist boyfriend? Oh, yeah. I was just going to say um, <laughs> Ben Cotton as her, as her marine biologist boyfriend was hilarious like he was just like so oblivious you know he i mean all about his um his work which i mean you know it's great that that someone you know that someone's that into their work um his whole thing with his mother you know the first thing he has to do you know i have to go and see mother she's you know um make sure you dress for dinner and of course you know that their whole scene where um she thinks he's gonna propose and they go out to eat and he wants to take her on the boat with him as he's sailing around to do his research. <laughs> I mean, hilarious. Uh, well, and it's made even more hilarious by the fact that she's literally scared of boats. Yes. I mean, how more clueless can he be that he, he asks her about this and he doesn't even realize that she is literally scared of boats. Mm-hmm. And you would think, you know, through the course of their relationship at some point, yeah. you, you know, she would have gone on a boat with him like bef- when he wasn't away, unless he's just been away most of the time. And it sounds like he has been away, but you think it would at least come up in conversation or something that, uh, that, Oh, you've never been on a boat. <laughs> but, uh, but he's just very focused on his own stuff, his book. What is it? I forget. Uh, that the, he's thinking of changing the name of the book to whales. What are they good for? <laughs> <laughs> that made me laugh. <laughs> yeah. yeah, he was just hilarious. Um, one of I, I'd definitely say like one of the genuinely like funniest wrong guys we 
we've ever had mm-hmm. in one of these movies. And 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 also kind of like has an has an endearing um quality to him. And yeah, he's, he's so, so clueless. He's yeah, he's so clueless that it is it, it is almost charming about it. I was thinking about it that it's uh, something similar was recently with the uh, with Casey Manderson and the dating the Delaney's. Yeah. It's just so over the top. Oh, he stole that movie for me. He was so funny. I thought ridiculous. Yeah. <laughs> um, I just, I just watched that a couple of days ago and was... he actually made me laugh out loud. Oh yeah. How ridiculous he was. Yeah. <laughs> yeah we were joking on the recap that, uh, that they needed to have a pageant of ex-husbands or bad days. <laughs> Because there was a lot in August. There were a lot of bad bad ex-husbands on Homework Channel or, or yeah. bad dates. Hey, this is David from the Piecing It Together podcast, a podcast about movies and the movies that inspire them. For over four years each week, a guest and I take a look at a new movie through the lens of what other movies we think were either an influence or connect in some other way. It's a fun, unique way to discuss films that leads to a great list of other movies to check out that either explore the same themes and ideas or maybe utilize similar filmmaking techniques including special episodes in our side series that twist the format we've done over 200 episodes so there's bound to be one on a film you've been thinking about and want to dig deeper into so check us out on all the major podcasting apps and at piecingpod.com yeah we have uh, antonio cupo he says i'm a big fan of the parade grew up watching it and she's very judgmental of him like oh yeah and you're park avenue sweet you know kind of a thing yes and then we discover that she it was um you know completely wrong in her assessment of him mm-hmm. um, you know because he was he was watching it from that um from that penthouse apartment because um he was he was in like an orphanage basically and he was taken and they used to take those kids up there to watch the parade every mm-hmm. year. you know she she knew that he didn't have a family which he didn't because he was orphaned judgmental about him you know like you said uh and so it's interesting for her to when she when she realized how inc- you know how wrong she was about him and mm-hmm. you know thinking that he just grew up in like you know with a silver spoon in his mouth and he yeah know really had to work to um get to where he is and it kind of made sense you know she also judged him for you know like not having a you know a like a solid home he was he was just traveling for his work and staying in hotels and then when he was off work going on vacation staying in hotels Mm -hmm. but you know if he grew up in foster care and he was kind of going from home to home you know that's like the kind of life that he was used to and so it was and i think think that autumn reese did a good job of kind of conveying that when she learned that that was that that was the truth of you know his existence yeah and i think it starts to change for her once he takes her to the uh, basketball game mm-hmm. uh it is high school the bulls he, game yeah bulls game <laughs> <laughs> and also takes her to the ronald mcdonald house and uh, so we we she starts to see that there's more to him than this like stuff rich guy yeah so there are some fun, really fun set pieces though within this movie. First yeah. of all, when he sees her buying ice cream, yes. How many times she goes back and forth because she's trying <laughs> to decide whether or not to um, to get the ice cream, 
um, <laughs> I, was hilarious. Um, and she ends up with like three of the giants. Yes, because he because he she sees because he sees her, and so when he gets in line, he just decides to buy an ice cream, and she, um, and, and so of course she decides to go back and get some, and she gets yeah. like three three of those huge cartons of ice cream, and then mm-hmm. the other thing in that scene was that you know they um they they previously when they were kind of going back and forth, and they and he um said that she was going to end up being a cat lady. And she said, "No, I don't have a cat." Yeah. And we know from the from the opening sequence that she does have a cat. And so she also has, um, you know, several containers of cat food. And she goes and hides the cat food when he comes to the line, so, yeah. that, so that she doesn't have to admit that she has a cat. Yeah, and he's like, "Hope you don't end up my, like my aunt Helen." Yeah. <laughs> it's yeah. really good. Uh, also, we have the uh, the nutty movie night. Yes. Where you sit in your underwear, eat peanut butter out of a jar, and watch old movies. Yeah. Is that the dream? That live in the dream? <sighs> I don't know. I've never had peanut butter with my movies, but maybe yeah, I'm missing I'm, out. Yeah. I, I, I don't use, I mean, I've done, you know, peanut butter straight out of the game, not, but not very often. And not <laughs> You know, I'm more popcorn or ice cream. You know, so I'm gonna, you know, <laughs> too. Um, so she takes him to the best restaurant in Chicago, and it's a pizza place. But I am a little surprised they didn't go with a Chicago pizza place, Chicago style pizza. It's just like New York style pizza. That would have been, but it's her her uh uh like her basically like her surrogate father. Yeah runs the well, place kind of like yeah because so mm-hmm. uh, and so they get the little backstory for that in that um you know his her father had gone to this to the place um because it was being held up by a um an attempted for an attempted robbery and her father was able to talk the guy down and ever since mm-hmm. then he um she and her father were get, given like basically free meals at the place for you know saving the day mm-hmm. um and so he's basically, like you said, been like, what's well, like a surrogate uncle for her growing up. She That was her first little part-time job. And then since her father passed away, he's basically been her father figure. Yeah. And we find out that he has a five-date rule. And because at the beginning of the movie, he's breaking up with, uh, what's her name? With I his her name. girlfriend at the time. But, uh, but anyway, who shows up uh, later on. And, uh, and then, so she ends up going that he tells her, oh, this guy's not going to marry you. They make a bet, $5 bet. And so they, she goes to dinner with, with, I forget his name, but anyway, the, the boyfriend and that was the actor's name at least. Yes. And, uh, and he invites her to go, Brian, he invites her to go on his ship instead of proposing like she thinks he's going to do she's very upset about it and then she ends up meeting antonio cupo outside and she's like fine you win and she has one glass of champagne it's very tipsy (laughs) and she ends up doing karaoke to blondie yes and she's like think again bucko Um, and yeah, it is kind of bonkers that she gets so sloshed from one 
one glass of champagne, but she's pretty small. Yeah, so, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll write that off. She, yeah. And especially if she doesn't really drink very often, you know, mm-hmm. your, your tolerance goes down. So, yeah, you know, whatever. And she's like, the, and they had talked about what is the best day of your life mm-hmm. uh, earlier. And uh, and then she says, well, this is the worst night of my life. Uh, and they end up stuck on the roof. Overnight. Mm-hmm. And so pretty scandalous. <laughs> Uh, um, she says i'm sick of trying i try and i try and i try and look at me i'm still alone yeah so and then he kind of lightly teases her because she doesn't you know at first didn't quite remember everything that happened i mean mean, Mm -hmm. that drunk you don't remember after one glass of champagne yeah i forgot that it was that quick i have to say when I was on screen drops and dance out, I was like, Oh yeah, I forgot that it was that quick. But, uh, but anyway, so she decides that, that she is in love with him and she's going up to see him. And that's when the girlfriend Gretchen is her name. Yes. Uh, she's, she claims, Oh, well he's my boyfriend. So she gets very upset. And that's when she accepts the proposal from Brian. Yeah. So that was kind of an mad. interesting little sequence so he does a nutty movie a nutty sports night i guess yes calls gretchen to tell her about that's right yeah he understands what she was talking about about like i guess the value of being in a relationship and having someone that he can do that with um i'm not sure why he decided to call her and tell her about that when he was obviously thinking about somebody else but to her mind and I think a regional pers- person might might believe that he was actually talking about maybe wanting a second chance. And so mm-hmm. she flies to Chicago to be with him. <laughs> mm. And that's when um, Autumn Reeser comes and um, sees yeah. her at the hotel room. So, which is like it is a classic. I mean, Alonzo and Screen Drafts. He said that they're trying. They were trying to make this a, a, um, a Doris Day movie, and I feel like this kind of mistaken. Mistake is very Doris Day classic rom-com. Yes, very much mm. so. Uh, and so then she finds out that he's turning the property from the beginning of the movie into Ronald McDonald house, that he watched the parade as an orphan and she breaks up with Brian and she sees that Henry, Henry is his name, mm-hmm. Hen- that Henry is the Santa. Yes. And uh, so he proposes and she says, this is the best day of my life. Very cute. Yeah. Best day, their best day ever. And Dory was all saying how there's a lot of parading going on. And I actually disagree. There's really not that much of the parade. Most of, I mean, unless you count planning the parade as parading, but there, there's only a very little bit of actual parades going no. on. It, there's a lot of talking about the parade, I guess. Yes. And I guess maybe that annoyed, annoyed Dory. So. <laughs> I mean, I'm not, I, I'm not like obsessed with parades, but I, I, I think they're fun enough community yeah. gathering. Uh, so I'm fine with it, but I wouldn't say if you don't, if you are like Dory and don't like parades, there's really not that much parading. No. I mean, it's just the, the, the only time that we actually see the parade is basically the, the mm-hmm. last like five minutes or so of the movie. No, there's yeah. a good amount, um, especially during like the, the part where they're getting to know each other, where there is a yeah. lot of talk about planning the parade. Yes. Um, yeah. Which can be annoying. It's kind of like the party <laughs> planning movies. But, you know. Mm-hmm. But it's, you know we also think- forgot to talk mm-hmm. about the kiss cam 
Oh yeah, which is really what kind of the so the at the at the game, which I feel like at a high school game that's a little risky, um, but uh, but they they kiss at the kiss cam, and that kind of gets her. I mean, she feels it. Yeah, she can't I deny. They it. both they both did. They both did. Yeah, yes. and which was and it was kind of funny. I think the when they first when they started making that term was when they were when she took him to the little the little midnight the like i guess sun you know the evening dance that was where the older couples got oh yeah 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 and they danced together but yeah the, but the kiss was like when they really were like okay you know this is it yeah <laughs> well what would you give love and thanksgiving day parade one to so, five crowns so i'm gonna give this a very high score um I, this was um you know one that i one of the earlier ones that that kind of really got me into to these types of movies uh, mm-hmm. i think that like the style of the movie is pretty unique um i think that you know autumn reese's performance was just amazing i think it had a great supporting cast I, you know their chemistry mm-hmm. was really really good so i am going to give this one movie 4.75 crowns yeah well, I'm going to give it a five. It's one of my favorites. Uh, so I, I just love, I love the chemistry. I love the banter. I I think it's, it's gay. I got great supporting characters, like the fashion. Uh, it's just, uh, I have very few flaws with it. So yeah, it's, it's I, definitely I, up there among my top, yeah. top no favorites. Question. We'd like to take a second from this episode of the podcast to celebrate our sponsor of this episode. And that is the Hallmarkies Patreon. Do you love Hallmarkies podcast? Do you want an inside scoop into what happens on the podcast? Do you want early access to episodes and loads of cool perks? Now is the time to become a patron of Hallmarkies podcast. By becoming a patron, you get to access our patron Facebook group. You can request episodes or even be a guest on the podcast. And most importantly, any patron can join our monthly movie watch-alongs with stars like Paul Campbell, Natalie Hall, and more. It's as low as $2 a month to join in and become a special part of the Hallmarkies family. Please consider, and we will love you forever. Go to patreon.com slash Hallmarkies. That's patreon.com slash Hallmarkies. So the next one we're going to talk about is Fur Crazy. And this came out in uh, in 2013. And it does have another title. So we talked about on screen drafts called Oh Christmas Tree, which is terrible. Oh, really? I'm glad they changed. They kept it for crazy. Uh, it's after a woman unexpectedly loses her job. She must work at her family's Christmas tree lot to make ends meet during the holiday season. And I, as I sold this on... Uh, screen drafts i said that the thing i like about this is that it it has it does such a good job with character motivation you have this woman who the tree lot took her parents away every holiday season and monopolized all of their time including weekends and so she developed a resentment for the christmas tree lot that totally makes sense as opposed to yeah, someone who's just, just like her parents it was her too she kind of had yeah, to work yeah, and yeah. help at the um christmas tree lot 
and she hates the trailer. It has all these bad memories and she just resents it, which again, totally makes sense. And so when she loses her job at the beginning of the, the movie, uh, she is stuck in the spot. Plus her father breaks his leg. And so he needs help. And so she's forced to kind of run the Christmas tree lot for the season and uh, and as she does so, she learns to forgive her parents for not being there as much as she would have liked growing up and learn to love Christmas and the Christmas tree lot. And really everything with Eric Johnson is a, is pretty small, is a, a pretty small part of the movie. Yeah. And um, I and I, I think that they did a really good job of kind of showing her evolution, even by like, you know, like the wardrobe, like at first. Mm-hmm. You know, she is just like, okay, I need to be on call 24-7 for the, you know, for the headhunter to like go and interview at a moment's notice. So she's dressed in business attire and heels. It was just really impractical for working on in a Christmas tree lot and helping yeah. with, with the trees and everything. And then we gradually see her kind of wear more appropriate clothing for the Christmas tree lot. Um, and yeah, I agree. And I think that Sarah Lancaster did a really great job with this mm-hmm. character. Um, I think, I think that she's just a really talented actress. Um, you know, overall, I think, you know, definitely one of the better performances that you're going to get. in um, one, in one of these movies, um, and actually yeah, I agree. Much in all the movies that, that I've seen for her, all the Hallmark movies, she's always been done a really good job. Um, mm-hmm. so, yeah, yeah, and uh, we have Colin Mockery playing this grumpy, grinchy uh, executive of the, of the department store, and he's he he does push it. I think about as far as you could push it. I mean, he is really mean to these people. Yeah. <laughs> but I, the, I think the redemption is done well enough mm-hmm. uh, that it 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 works for me. Yes, and we we have Eric Johnson. Um, as I think his, his name is Foster. So I have to, you know, of course I have to give him some support because he's another Foster. <laughs> so, um, but his accent that he attempts in this movie, um, if anybody knows me, is, um, that's one of my favorite things is when people try and don't <laughs> completely nail the accent. I mean, this, this movie is supposed to be taking place in New York. His accent is more Boston-ish. Mm. It was hilarious to me. I <laughs> loved it. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I do think they have a really good skating date. So he comes by and keeps trying to have the guts to ask her out, but then she's always doing other stuff or whatever. And he ends up buying like four Christmas trees. Yes, all these Christmas trees, you know, <laughs> that he keeps buying to, you know, as an excuse to spend time with her so he can try to ask her out. Mm-hmm. And um so which which was which was pretty funny um yeah and somewhat um i you know i could maybe not but i might see myself doing something something similar to that if i would you know especially if you're constantly being like mm-hmm. interrupted or something so but she she doesn't really meet him actually until the 33 minute mark so it's pretty late into the movie that they even yeah. meet yeah. And uh, he helps her get a tree in in the trunk of a taxi, and we also this, have yeah. her cousin in, yeah. in this, who is really charming and charming secondary yeah. character. Yeah, I agree. Um, I, I thought, and 
I think definitely think that he had a good charm and like humor to him. And they do like a little um, where we see the like an attraction between her best friend and mm-hmm. the cousin, which was yeah. cool. I like that. that. I always enjoy a, a nice little secondary. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, you have Colin Mockery saying that lawyers are going to fix this. He's very angry. Yes, because I think there was like a short um, from like the Christmas tree lot and it caused um, the electricity to go out mm-hmm. in the department store. And he is just incensed. He is so furious. And he and that's when he decides like, you know, we're going to make sure we get rid of this place. <laughs> so have the lawyers fix this so that y'all are gone. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and she gets pizza on him at one point. She tries to tell him trees represent hope, and he's just not having it. Nope. He thinks the tree lot is driving customers away. Uh, and uh, and then she uh, he even fires. He's going to fire the the guy working for him who puts some ornaments on the trees. He's like, "Did you pay for those?" <laughs> yeah (laughs) Yeah, Um, this is another movie from this era that has almost no fake snow yeah which is you know new york at christmas time but Mm -hmm. i mean and and it serves a purpose actually in this case because uh they they have no fake snow until this the snow actually happens Mm -hmm. on christmas eve right Uh, but you just never see that now in the hallmark movies Uh, yeah you're just covered in snow the whole time yeah i mean even it doesn't even matter if you're in a, like in California or something, they they find a way. Uh, I remember in, this was Lifetime, but when uh, Natalie Hall had one uh, said in the um, solving, you're right, solving, yeah, solving, yeah, and there's like snow in that one. You're like, that's Southern California. What are you doing? <laughs> uh, but we have also i thought the funny scene when the the little kid comes in and he says he says you're old you should know about santa <laughs> that's funny <laughs> um, and uh, we also have her bringing the tree for this couple uh this married couple and uh, kind of we get to know about their uh their romance um and that, that's kind of a cute element. Yeah, I liked, and I liked them. I think that they were, you know, pretty charming, good, good actors. Um, mm-hmm. I, I like, I like that, you know, it's a little different. I think they did a real, you know, they kind of focus more on her and her development um, mm-hmm. rather than on the romance, which is yeah. like a nice change of pace. Um, well, and and they they work it in that this lady works for the mayor. So that's why she's able to get the trees. So now she has a connection to get the trees back mm-hmm. later in the movie. So right. that's why they spend all this time. Um, and, you know, and just talking about how do you know when you're in love and everything. Uh, I also liked the transitions in this movie. It's like a little detail, but they actually like kind of tried to show the city. Like there's a whole scene where you see the beatboxers dancing or whatever you call it. Um, uh, the there's a whole section where you see the beatboxers in New York, and then they end up helping her with the tree. And that, I sometimes you just don't see that kind of detail because usually probably because it's filmed in Vancouver, <laughs> you can't. But there were nice little details that they had, I thought, in the movie. Yeah, and we forgot to mention that not only is she fired at the beginning of this movie, but she's also dumped 
Because, yes, that's right. Her, because her, I mean, and he was just amazing. He was just a, a amazing, like sniveling little, yeah. Huh, like, yeah. Can't like, we just hang out? We just like, <laughs> like a, such a like a weaselly little thing. I'm like, how 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 were you into this guy? But yeah. you know, he was he was hilarious. I I really enjoyed him. And then he comes back. Yeah, it was <laughs> funny. To, oh my gosh, I. I enjoy when they have um, like the exes that are like that sometimes that are just mm-hmm. so terrible and like hilariously terrible. And we have a skating date in this movie. And I do think it's probably the best skating date in the history of Hallmark. And they actually skate both yeah. of them, you know, so and, you and the, he's tell. terrible yeah. at skating, but the whole interaction is just charming Yeah, and you get a nice kiss at the end of the date and we've just seen so many terrible skating dates. This one is. Oh my one. gosh! <laughs> uh, I still my favorite, my absolute favorite of the terrible skating is from what's the one with Amelia Ullerud? Yeah, that one's the worst. I oh. mean, it's it's hard because uh, yeah, I know they, she, has she got a, injured. I think yeah, is why so they had, had to do that. Yeah, I think she has like a condition, and so she can't. Um, you know, but I do think like equilibrium, but the whole thing with the green screen and then obviously yeah. the people skating were stunt people. It was just <laughs> you just need to pick a different activity if if you have all those challenges at that point. Like have them have them decorate cookies or something. Just figure something else out that you yeah. can do. Uh, but he invites her to this party. He works for like a um a children's center place well, because he's a teacher um yeah and so, and so it's like a party for his for his that's kids right, that's right and then you have the kids kind of give yeah. a- asking all these questions about their relationship yeah which was hilarious because i think they're it's, it's like i think he's a, maybe a, like fourth grade fourth or fifth grade so they're like 10 years old or something mm-hmm. and that's he's what like, I was he's hilarious. a good looking guy maybe you have relationship issues yes yeah, so and you, you know do you have commitment pro- problems or whatever that was hilarious so Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, we also, when she delivers the tree to the to the couple, we get some Hallmark ornament gra- glamour shots, which you don't see that as much anymore. <laughs> oh, I mean, we every we, ornament tells a story. Yes. Oh. Well, I mean, I mean, you know, you still. I mean, the biggest one I've ever seen was in that. Um, what was it? The, the the third Godwink movie. Where there's oh, like a yeah. Hallmark card, oh, so and they t- and and then, and then she turns it over. <laughs> I was like, R- I couldn't believe it. I thought it was absolutely hilarious. Well, the one that I also the magical Christmas ornaments. I mean, that was a dream for Hallmark ornaments uh, promotions if I've ever seen it. <laughs> oh, uh, oh, that one's uh, another funny one. Uh, so then we have him, Colin Mockery, shutting down the, the Christmas, Christmas tree lot, taking all the trees. The customers are upset. And he says, I don't know an explanation to anyone. Mm-hmm. And, and yeah, that, and so, of course, you know, a real Scrooge. <laughs> but thankfully, yeah. she has our connections. And, you know, she goes home kind of, you know, feeling defeated and feeling like she let her parents down. And at this point, you know, we see that she, you know, she's she has started to like develop an appreciation for um, 
for this for this job and for like this her family legacy and so you know so it was it was really good to kind of see her come full circle um mm-hmm. with regards to like her family and um their way of in their um business and thankfully she's made she has the connections with the mayor's office and they happen to be able to find Colin Mockery at the little um was it like a nursery where Yeah, it's like a botanical gardens yes, place. Yes. And he has a special bench for his wife, Noelle. And she passed away uh right around Christmas and his wife's birthday was on Christmas. And uh, they have this nice talk and she says, I spent half my life resenting Christmas. Noel had the right idea. Mm-hmm. Exactly. And uh, she's, she basically says like, I don't need you to get back the, tr- the tree lot, but uh, you know, they just have a nice conversation together and it kind of wins him over. And by the end, he's offering her a job. <laughs> it's very sweet. And uh, they create a winter wonderland and he says, I wish Noelle was here. And that's when he says, she is here. That was very sweet. Um, and then uh, that we find out that he, that Eric Johnson, he has plans uh, for Christmas. She asks him out. And, uh, and it turns out he's working like a soup kitchen or whatever. Mm-hmm. He said, Christmas comes every year, but the right person wants a lifetime. <laughs> And uh, so then she's eating Chinese with her parents and uh, they leave. And then he shows, they, he shows up and uh, that's when Bob, cause Bob encourages her, him to, to go. And it's, it's really cute. Have a little faith. It's Christmas. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, so yeah, I love this one. I think it's really good. I think it has really good characters. I think it's really warm hearted. I think it's, uh, got a really good skating date. I I like all you know supplementary characters. So I mean, this is going to be another five for me. Uh, oh, I think good. it's really strong, underrated so, in my opinion. I, I actually really enjoy this as well. I, you know, at first be, because I hadn't seen it in a while, I thought it was pretty standard. But it's actually pretty like the the um, plot is pretty different from what you typically mm-hmm. see when you have less focus on the romance and more on like the development of the main character. I agree that the, um, that the secondary characters are actually pretty interesting in this. Um, and I, like I said before, I love people trying and failing with accents. It's one of my favorite things in these types of movies. <laughs> so, um, you know, it's still, you know, I wouldn't say it's one of my all-time favorites, but I really enjoy it. So I'm going to give it four crowns. Mm-hmm. We'd like to take a second and thank our sponsor for this episode of the podcast. It's the Hallmarkies Merch Store. Are you looking for that perfect gift for the postable, hardy, or Hallmarkie in your life? What about getting that t-shirt or hoodie that will help you stand out at your next holiday party? Now is the time to check out the Hallmarkies Merch Store. Full of festive designs by artists like Jessica Miller, Carrie from Hallmark Comics, and more. You can even have more than just shirts, but totes, cell phone cases, notebooks, mugs, and more. And it isn't just Hallmark. We have designs for Anna Green Gables, Man from Snowy River, The Nanny, and more. Every purchase at the merch store goes to help support the podcast and allows us to make the great content you know and love. There are frequent sales, so go to tpublic.com stores slash Hallmarkies 
or see the link in the description. That's tpublic.com slash stores slash Hallmarkies. Last one we're going to talk about is called Call Me Mrs. Miracle. This is a sequel to Mrs. Miracle, a Debbie McComber. And it's a um, title as well. It also has a miracle in Manhattan. Is the, is the other oh, yeah, type. that's interesting. I, I I didn't see that on the IMDb, but uh, but yeah, it's a little bit hard to find. I have the DVD, mm-hmm. so that's what I watched. And it was really funny watching the DVD because there were seriously like 10 trailers before this, which you usually don't see on these kind of uh, these kind of TV movie DVDs. But uh, but yeah, it was just I don't know. It was just interesting. This came out yeah, in 2010. Yeah. So I found it on streaming under the name Miracle in Manhattan. That was how okay. I found it. I've you found it on like YouTube? I think so. It was, I forgot mm. where it was, but it was. Um, and then, but like I said, yeah, it was under the under the name Miracle in Manhattan. It wasn't um, Call Me Mrs. Miracle, which was mm. the name that I remember seeing it. But yeah. I think I saw it another somewhere else. And maybe, maybe I, I can't remember, but I just know that I've seen it under both titles. Yeah, and we're having an Eric Johnson love fest because yes. he's in this as well. <laughs> yes, this is his. Um, I think this is probably the first Homer movie he's been in. Um, yeah, I think this came out first. It was like two thousand eleven. I want to say two thousand ten. So this okay, can. Okay. Yeah, and uh, I mean, I don't even know what else uh, he's in. He was in um, the Fifty Shades movies, but. And- so he was also in the the last Hallmark movie he was in was the one with it was with Autumn Reeser actually, um, and it was I forgot what it was called, but it's oh it was she, a Valentine's one right? Yes, yes. Oh, I like that one. Yeah, I forget Valentine Ever After. Right, that and I think a that good was one. I think that was just before we lost him to Fifty Shades. <laughs> we need to get him back. Come back, Eric. <laughs> Well, in this sequel, it's, of course, got Mrs. Miracle back, and it's a family-owned department store struggling to sell toys during the holidays when a mysterious employee shows up and begins to work miracles. So we have uh, the lead character, Holly, played by Jewel State, that is uh, is taking care, raising her nephew, her brother, uh, is a widower, and is but is overseas. And it uh, in um, Iraq or wherever, and uh, she's taking care of his son Gabe, and uh, she is very stressed out. She's got all, and she works for. Uh, we'll talk more about it, but she works for Quell Deville, basically. Yes. <laughs> she wants to oh, be my. a she wants to be a fashion designer, but she's working as a media marketing consultant for this uh, for this fashion designer. Uh, it's a very old school idea of a department store. Uh, the dad is, is, uh, the, uh, the head and you have, uh, him, his son, like Eric Johnson, that is running the toy department and he passed on the Intellitron, the big yes. toy of the season. Yes. It was like this movie's, um, Tickle Me Elmo. Every yes. kid wants the Intellitron. Yes. And he says, no, we want to focus on old school toys, which, you know, I can appreciate his, you know, idealism. Uh, but yeah. but and he's very fortunate um, with what ended up happening to the Intellitron. Yeah, it's <laughs> true. He really is. Yeah, that it ends up backfiring big time. 
uh, and literally getting all heated up and everything and they have recalls. And so he does, he does get fortunate in that regard. They start to explode. (laughs) (laughs) Hilarious when they said that these toys would explode. I was like, (laughs) yeah. Um, yes and so let's talk about lauren holly as her cruel Deville boss like oh she is gosh. so over the top it, like, <laughs> she it, was it, hilarious I yes and she could do a, a horrible boss we saw that in um uh in um my was summer she, prince yes, as well with taylor cole uh, mm-hmm. yes and, but this is I mean, even more over the top than that more. one She's just so mean. And And then like when I loved her in her little segments when she would go on the home shopping channel and she was like, she would kind of, you know, talk about, you know, um, I guess, you know, normal size women and like why, (laughs) oh, they may want to wear this dress, but, or, you know, just all these like little shady comments that she was making that yeah we all want to look like we stepped off the cover of vogue as unlikely and delusional as that sounds <laughs> uh, so she's trying to to promote this uh idea of holly is trying to promote this idea of the reversible black dress yes and she's like it's not a horrible idea it, it it's it's not awful that's about all she gets not a terrible idea yeah it's not terrible (laughs) like her little hand motions and everything i mean she was just uh, i loved her she was hilarious (laughs) she did feel like she was part of a different movie than the rest of the movie (laughs) but yeah whatever i don't care i didn't care i was just like you know do do more yeah we need to see her a little bit more she was hilarious Well, and people are awfully tough on poor Holly. Like when Gabe tells her that her teacher says that she didn't want her her to help him with his math anymore. (laughs) That was really funny and harsh. (laughs) I mean, (laughs) I probably be this. I probably get the same thing. And then it was like, "Help me!" in quotations. (laughs) Yeah. but uh, but yes, and uh, then we have uh, Eric Johnson and his dad uh, are knocking along, and we have Mrs. Miracle shows up as an employee at the Finley's department store, and she starts her busybody matchmaking, and particularly with this woman Gloria, yeah, who used to know uh, used to know Finley Senior. Uh, well, but, she was uh, also an employee at. Mm-hmm. She was an she's an employee at the store, and they're she's both been an employee widows. for thirty years. Mm-hmm. And I feel like that was a different, a slightly different plot than you would see now. Like yeah. a, a character like Gloria, and the way that they she kind of match makes with the two of them was a little different. I don't know, hmm. and probably one of Hallmark's first interracial relationships mm-hmm. uh, since she. She brings Ropa Vieja is, is her way of, of connecting with Gloria and they talk and she's just always manipulating that they're all at the same places. And she gets uh, Finley Sr. to give Gloria a ride home one mm-hmm. night in his limo. Leaving Finley, Sen- Finley Jr. without a without a That's right. Ride. Um, and, because, and, that, and that's how, and she suggests that he walks 
and he runs into Holly. And, you know, again. Yeah. And uh, <laughs> the one thing I thought was really weird was when they tried to have Mrs. Miracle's voice in the toy dog. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yes. Much. Like finding, what was it? Finding your soulmate or your love of your life. You know, you have to be open or something. Mm-hmm. She said that it says that she's, and that, and then he shows up. Mm-hmm. Very fun. I mean, it, you know, it was a, li- a little silly, but I'm, I'm okay. This, you know, we had yeah. this, this silly movie. So. Yeah. And I was watching the DVD, like I said, uh, and they, this definitely more of a faith-based film uh, than you'd see a typical Hallmark movie now. And he says, Christmas is about a different gift. One God gave to us many years mm-hmm. ago. Right. And then the little boy says, Jesus. Right. And so, and I feel like I've seen versions where that, sequence is cut out mm-hmm. so you know yeah and and then she also reads the holly reads the nativity story luke too mm-hmm. to gabe later mm-hmm. and we find out that uh that F- F- finley jr's mother died on christmas eve so and and that his father thinks it's disrespectful to celebrate uh and and that's when mrs miracle says celebrating anything in her memory honors her right and he also and and he said that ever since then he the the finleys have gone to the caribbean to get yes. away from the city um every year for christmas yeah, may i be so cursed <laughs> oh let's go to the virgin islands and and I mean, obviously, they have lost their way. I mean, who goes to a warm climate for right. Christmas yeah. when you're in New York? Right. I mean, just oh, I, I it mean, is not good. It is a bad place they're in. <laughs> uh, yes, uh, and then they also have she orchestrates a meet cute between them at the chestnut at the roasted chestnut booth. Yes. When and she suggested he walk home instead of yeah. um, because when when he when she arranged for the date between well the ride for Gloria and actually I think mm-hmm. he they, he does suggest that he take her to dinner as well. So. Yeah, yeah, because they were going to go to dinner, but he wasn't looking. Uh, he wasn't looking forward to going to dinner with them, his father, and and so then he asks her out, and I feel like. Sometimes in Hallmark movies, they kind of forget about dating. Yeah. They just go straight to the, well, we're working on a project together. We're, you know, whatever. And so they, you don't have the awkward sort of, we go out with me kind of mm-hmm. date, uh, asking on a date question, which I think is so charming. And I really like that. And so it's cute that he does that here. And she's like, I'm just too busy with Gabe. I can't. And so he says, I'll bring dinner to you, which is very cute. Very, very cute. You know, and then, and he does, and they have a nice time, and we get a little, and we get a nice kiss Mm -hmm. uh, in -hmm. the apartment. Yes. And uh, so they, Finley Sr. and Junior make a bet and says that, uh, that he will either leave his job or if they sell out the toy department, then they will throw the party like they used to do. Uh, we also have these Christmas cards that keep reappearing. Right. <laughs> the he keeps thing. trying to throw them away and they just keep yeah. coming back. And this guy who plays Finley Sr., I swear he is always 
like a grumpy businessman. It's like um, um uh, the guy who plays Mr. Um, Peck on Chesapeake Shores. The two of them are like, they must have just be in the roster of you want a bad man of business. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and Robert Pine. Those three are like. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Tom Butler is his name. Yeah. He, he, he's got it down. And. And yeah, then he's definitely, definitely been been the bad man of business on in many movies. Yes. Uh, so the Gabe Gabe's wanting to get his Christmas present, uh, but she won't take him. She's too busy. So he goes into the city and gets it himself, and she freaks out. And I I I understand why, especially because it's because she's been placed over him. It's not even her child. But on the other hand, I do think that we over infantilize children that like there's no reason why a child of Gabe's age can't get on a subway and go into a department store. That's not a dangerous activity. You know, that's a safe activity that like responsible children can do. And there's a whole movement called free range kids, which again, I don't have children, so don't listen to me, but I think it has a lot of interesting things about it you know that we we that it's good for kids to to make their own choices and find their own ways and to experience wilderness uh where everything isn't laid out for them and they have to figure it out um and uh, you want to know where your kids are and i think that's the problem with this here but like the fact that he did it she acted like he was very unsafe, which isn't really true. He was safe. She just didn't know where he was. And that's the problem. Yeah. And, and yeah. And, but the thing is, and I kind of get where she's coming from because she thinks she's thinking of, you know, this is like a responsibility to her brother mm -hmm. to kind of, you know, make sure to, to do a good job. And she is a little bit overly cautious with that. And so, um, so, so it kind of made sense. And, and the thing is, and I think, you know, Gabe knew that had, had he asked her mm -hmm. to go by himself, she would have said no. Yeah. Um, thinking that, you know, thinking that that was, you know, what her brother would have done or just not wanting to take that risk. But, you know, obviously he was perfectly fine. <laughs> um, yeah. I just wish around. he, cause you don't want to make children feel scared of their environment. Like what he, everything was safe except for the fact that she didn't know what he was doing. And so that's the, that's the problem. And it, you know, you wish that he, she had kind of uh, addressed it on that level. You need to tell me where you're going. You need to tell me what's happening. Uh, but she was obviously upset and I don't think it's out of the realm of possibility for somebody in that situation that was scared that didn't know where her child was, uh, to, to be that upset. So I get it, but, uh, but I, I do think sometimes we, we over uh, infantilize our children. And uh, so, but again, easy to do that because I don't I have think, children. <laughs> but also, I think it's more understandable for her because, you know, because she, he's not her child and yeah. she, and it's, and it seems like it's relatively new for him staying with her. Right, so yeah. she has less of an understanding of what he can and can't handle on his own. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And uh, so then 
uh, they have Mrs. Miracle on the news about the Intellitron, and she uh, she says, "Well, if you come down to Finley's, we are giving a portion of the uh, receipts to families that uh, that are in the military, and so then we get tons of people coming. They're selling out uh, because of this promotion, and." Uh, we have, that's when she, we also see uh, Holly reading Luke two and uh, to Gabe and Gabe gives her music box, which is so sweet. He was a cute little kid. I thought. Yeah. And I thought he, thought he, he did a good job. Mm-hmm. I think so too. And then Gabe's dad shows up uh, after, well, before that, before Gabe's dad shows up, uh, Finley senior gives Finley junior uh, train set that his yes. mom had bought him years before. Yes. It's very she, sweet. Yeah, they, they had gotten he he had gotten the train the the year that the mother had passed away, and he just never got around to actually giving the little boy the train set. Mm-hmm. Which very sweet. Oh, but I'm like, so, you know, the boy's mother just died. Give him the train set. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I know. it's true. Uh, and so then. Gabe's dad shows up and that, and, and they're Jr. sold out. They're, they're sold, sold out. out. There's, nothing, there's no toys. So he gives so, him the train yeah, set. Gives him the train set. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and then they have the employee party and, uh, and then you get the, the reunion with Gabe and his dad, which is mm-hmm. very sweet. Yes. And, you know, Hallmark loves a, a soldier reunion. Yes, it, it was. It definitely was very nice, and I and I actually, you know, liked how when, um, when, when um, Finley Junior sees them them all together, and he's like, "Oh, who is this guy?" And then and then like realizes, "Oh, that's her brother," you know, kind of thing. That was kind of, that was kind of funny, and and relatable. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then uh, we earlier they had played Monopoly. And she talks about, because she's a designer, talked about a lucky thimble. Right. And so then he gives her the lucky thimble necklace, which mm-hmm. is cute. Yeah. And uh, well, and he'd invited, the, he's like, come out to the Christmas party and and everything. And, uh, and Mrs. Miracle says, you prayed your father would be home for Christmas. And uh, your, your, your Christmas wish was granted yeah. to Gabe. Very cute. And uh, she says she has to move on. Uh, there's other little boys and girls that need her. Right. So a nice little goodbye. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. So I don't think that this is quite as good as the first Mrs. Miracle. I agree. I agree. I definitely, I think that that one was the best of this the whole Mrs. Miracle slash Mr. Miracle, um, mm-hmm. you, know, ser- you know, series of movies. Yeah. Um, this one was, I mean, this one was pretty good. Um, mm-hmm. I, I enjoy it. Like what, what, how many crowns would you give it? I'd, I'd probably give it four. Yeah. Yeah. I'd say, pretty... say about, about the same. Before. I, I might do 4.25. I did really yeah. enjoy it. Um, you know, Lauren Holly as the over the top <laughs> boss. Um, she does elevate gives it, it. Gives it some extra points. Um, I, I liked um, the, you know, Eric Johnson and Jewel State together. I think they had pretty decent chemistry. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, and you do get a nice epic quit when she quits working for 
because she's got to go find Gabe. Right. Uh, yeah. She, no. I mean, she de- she definitely is one that you know she overreacts a lot in this movie. But I, I but I think they do a good job of kind of ex- establishing her as a type of anxious personality mm-hmm. that would act that way because sometimes you have these characters that seem pretty reasonable most of the time and then they have these epic quits and these like overreactions just that just come out of nowhere mm-hmm. but when you ha- when you but when you actually take the time to establish someone as like an anxious you know very em- emotional type of person then those type of reactions actually work and make sense for the character well in both of these mrs miracle movies are really good about giving equal character time and character development to both Mm -hmm. leads. Right. Yeah. It's not just the, and in some ways on both of them, the male is almost more uh, the the lead character Hmm. than the female. In in the first one, I think for sure um, he was more of a, more the lead. Mm -hmm. And this one, I think it was pretty equal. Pretty equal. Yeah. It's, it's, but it's actually, you know, even with, I think, even in the first one, you know, pretty balanced, maybe slightly more towards the um, the male, the, her- the hero. Um, mm-hmm. And then, and, but, and then you also have movies like Fur Crazy, where you know it's pretty, it's pretty much her story, and yeah. he's kind of like a supporting character in the story, which you know works, especially if you have a very, if you have a talented um, lead actress mm-hmm. that um, likes like Sarah Lancaster, who did mm-hmm. a wonderful job. Um, this one, you know, like you said, about equal. I think that they did a really good job. Um, you know, both of, and I liked their chemistry. I love, you know, enjoyed Doris Roberts again. Um, I think that the first one was a bit more grounded, and I think did a better a a, a better job with, um, like we talked about, like balancing the lighter moments with the kind with the more dramatic kind of heartfelt moments. I think that that the first one did a better job of that. This one, I mean, you know, it's decent, but it just, it was, it was a sillier movie overall. Yeah. Yeah. And, um, and so, but it, so it was still, so it was still a nice, enjoyable watch. So I would give it 4.25. Yeah. Well, let us know what you think of these three. Are they three of your favorites? What score would you give them? Uh, We'd love to hear in the comment section or on Twitter. And uh, make sure you check out our Patreon, which Thaddeus is a member of. Uh, We have lots of fun events and other activities in the Patreon Facebook group. So please take a look at that. We really appreciate it. And make sure you're following the podcast on Homeworkies Pod and Homeworkies Podcast, all of our social media. And uh, you can find me at Rachel's Reviews, all of our social media, iTunes, YouTube, and on Rotten Tomatoes. And if you're listening on iTunes, please leave your ratings and reviews. That really helps us a lot. Five stars. And if you are listening on YouTube, please give the video a thumbs up and subscribe to the channel. We appreciate that so much. We also have our merch store, which has tons of fun festive designs. So please take a look at that. And uh, thanks so much. It's always fun to do this. And if you have any suggestions of what you'd like us to talk about in the next uh, classic Christmas uh, episode, then put in the comment section. And we'll talk to y'all later. Merry Christmas. Bye. Merry Christmas, everyone.